0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Alame podcast Change Your Company. My guest today is Morris Leon. Uh, Maurice, Morris, you uh, you are you are one of the coaches who made a big impact on my life. Uh, I want to share a little bit about how we met and and the work you you did with me and how it helped me in my journey to become uh, a better human being and better leader. Uh, and what we're going to talk about today is basically some of the lessons that you learned because you've been coaching uh, senior leaders uh, for decades now. And there are a lot of lessons learned. And I think some of these lessons um, our audience would be able to benefit from to help them to make bigger impact in their workplace, but also in their life overall. So thank you for being my guest today.
1: You're welcome. You're
0: welcome. Um nice I, on the show. <laughs> I, I remember one of the things that we, when we worked together, uh, it was at the, at the period of my life where I was trying to find my way. And uh, I remember you told me a few things or you asked me a few questions which made me realize that I need to do a lot of work on myself. I mean, one of them I still remember when I was working in an environment which was very negative and... Uh, People like complaining all the time. And I was telling you this in one of our coaching sessions. And then uh, you listen, listen, listen. And then you told me, so people are complaining and blaming and negative, right? I said, yes. And you said exactly what you're doing right now. And it was like a slap on my face. But it was a, a basically a moment of truth and moment of awakening. And, and you... Uh, you asking me the question and it was almost like giving me a mirror to see that this was just a reflection of who I was at that moment and um, there was another moment where I was telling you this is what I want to do I want to go and inspire leaders and I want to go and inspire people and and help creating a better workplace and develop people and and, uh, and you told me, like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And I said, yes. And you said, are you willing to die for it? And I was like, what? <laughs> why, why should I die for something? And I, I think your question was putting me in a place to kind of to commit and to resolve that this is what I want to go for. And it wasn't something that uh, I will try and maybe I see if it works or not. Uh, so, these are just a couple of the moments which I, I still remember really well. Uh, and I cannot thank you enough for, uh, for all this help that you've given me um, during that period. So, but what I wanted to dive deeper with you on is what are some of the lessons that you learned in your journey coaching, especially senior leaders?
1: Well the the lesson I've learned, I mean, amongst the lesson I've learned, one of the things is you can only lead others as far as you've been yourself. Or you or you can only lead co- you can only coach others only as far as you've been yourself. Uh, whether that means, it means that whoever you're coaching, be ready to be faced with your own limits. That's one thing that I've observed. And to link with what you were, the story you were telling about question life and death, I refer to uh, one of the recent, I mean, recent, 10 years ago now, the recent um, event that happened in my life. Since 10 years now, uh, I am living in Mauritius, Mauritius Island in the middle of the Indian Ocean, um, coming from Belgium. And one day, whatever circumstances, whatever situation, uh, my wife and I, we wanted to, to switch environment for the next cycle of our life. And I believe life is made of cycles. Uh, up to you to find out which cycles would mean up to you to find out what you're supposed to leave behind and what you're supposed to learn from that cycle. Because it's all a cycle only for learning. Like there are business cycles, you know, the existence of company, growing, etc., etc. is the same with humans. And I, I, my assumption, based on my personal history, uh, is like it's every seven to ten years, seven to ten years, that cycles come. And We wanted to leave Europe, we thought, whatever reason it was time for us to contribute to something else and to do it differently and so forth. And some... some idea that came up to my mind immediately was about burning your ships. Which is about the same as a question of life and death. I've heard many people telling, oh, you're lucky, or you did it, or that's my dream, or I would like to change, but, and, whatever. And I think if I tell you the story, we did change, we did sell everything, of course. Feet on the ground, we had for a certain while our financial security. No question to go in the world without no financial security. So we had a a little backup on financially by the fact that we sold our house for example that was enough not that we were rich but we sold our house we had the money and that allowed us to work and we did the change we sold our house we sold i stopped my business in europe uh, everything everything stopped and we came up here to Mauritius. Uh, initially i had the contract with uh, a big company over here where i was going to continue working as an executive search and as an executive coach. And what happened is that the container was gone, the house was sold, everything was ready, we were a few days to take the, effort, the plane and come here, and we received an email with the MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, of my future partner, as it was called initially, which MOU was not at all what we discussed. So there I am, here in Mauritius, finding myself with no job, no connection, knowing nobody, nothing, you know, just coming into a world with nothing. And that reminded me one experience I had when I was uh, working. uh, Oh, I was actually in the training program of Tony Robbins in the States. And I remember him coming at six o'clock at night in the training room, the coaching training room, saying, "Hey guys, empty your pocket, take your passport. Here is a plastic bag with a, uh, a photographic um, camera uh, and twenty-five cents if you if you need to make a call. Uh, it's six o'clock now. I want you back here tomorrow at six o'clock." Uh, and the camera is for you to take the picture of the far farest way you've been. So, as a proof that you were there, take a picture and we'll see it after. And there we were, 6 o'clock in the evening, in San Diego, having to go out, not in teams, not with pairs, alone. Everybody was alone to find his way, get as far as possible on San Diego, take a picture and be back there the next day at 6 o'clock in the evening. If you're not back at 6 o'clock, you're out of the program. That was the challenge. So motivation was strong enough. And that reminded me that you can be with nothing. You can be with nothing left. Go. Go there. Go for it. Things come. And it's by moving. It's by making the move that you encounter solution, you can encounter opportunities, you encounter people, ideas, whatever. If you wait on your backside, let's be polite, if you wait on your backside to be sure that you have all the elements in control, everything right in the hand before making the move, forget it, stay where you are because you won't succeed.
0: This is uh, this is something you told me. I remember at that point where told, you told me something that you 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 sound like you wanna be perfect before you get started. <laughs> yeah. And this is and this is a lesson that I learned that you know, like uh, improvement comes uh, you know, after you start, not before you start. And and being um, and being conscious of that, otherwise you will never take that step. But I think if I if if we go to one story you told me about like a, one of your clients was coming to you and telling you that they want to change their environment because of their managers. Maybe if you tell yeah. this story, I think because there's a big lesson for, for a lot of leaders and also like individuals or professionals mm-hmm. in organizations.
1: Um, it was at the time when I was working, uh, I was in my company as an executive search, and I saw one day one and a 30 years old guy, not yet 40, uh, coming to me, um, you know, well, nice guy, nice looking, nice speech, everything, pr- the present, the charisma, everything was there, okay? And uh, I remember the guy, telling me that, well, you know, uh, that's already seven years or eight years that I'm in that group, uh, I'd like to change. Uh, if you have anything for me, uh, I'll be looking favorably at changing and so forth. I said, okay, well, why not? Um, let me show, me show me your background, your biography. Let me see your CV, as they call it at the time. And I saw the guy having extraordinary diplomas, nice education, postgraduate education Whatever. So the guy was, boo, really strong. Um, second, his career history, his jobs, his environment, he worked in famous companies and he, he did very well. Uh, he was like regularly changing. You know, they, they like changing at the beginning of the career. You like changing very often, quite often, let's say. And there he was since many years, several years in, in, in that big group. And I said, wow, uh, there you are. Uh, as a business unit leader, okay, you have you, okay? Um, you're in a very famous company, international company, international corporation, great reputation. You've got an extraordinary salary. You've got, you're the, you're the head of a very dynamic team. People appreciate you in the team. Uh, you're doing wonderful results, et etc. et cetera. So I don't understand, why would you want to leave? All the green, the lights are green for you. Why is that? And he said, you know, these last years, whatever I do, whatever I achieve, whatever I perform, whatever that, it's never good enough for my boss. My boss never pleased, actually. It's it's good. It's, it's, It's nice. But it's never good enough for him. Yeah, And that reminded me the need for some people for, and this guy was the case, the need for recognition, to feel recognized, to feel loved, to feel appreciated, to feel whatever, by, let's call it the father, okay? Whatever the story of that guy was as a child, he was repeating the thing in the environment of the company. And I said, look, Um, If you change, that's my belief, you do whatever you want, it's your life, not mine. I can only share with you my thoughts. My thoughts are that you're running running after a way to fulfill, to fill in something which is missing inside of you. So what I call the strategy of outside in the consumption strategy. When I have this, then I feel good. When I have that, but it's never enough. I say, if you change, no problem. But be ready to meet worse that you're living now. Because if you don't resolve the problem before the change, you will attract, you will find yourself in a situation which is, again, similar, even worse than what you have today. And so I said, I would encourage you to, to think about that and to work first on yourself, understand that it's what you're seeking is something which is missing inside and start to learn how to create from inside out instead from outside in. And that's, that's what's creating the leaders, the real leaders, the real leaders are people that are really from inside out. Whatever climate, whatever atmosphere, whatever circumstances, Whatever tornado, cyclones, rain, whatever happens outside, it doesn't affect their center of gravity in a certain sense. Mm -hmm. They're inside. They work, they're humble, they're modest, but they're very strong inside. And that's my question.
0: Yeah, but my question to you I mean, yesterday I was watching a documentary about Sylvester Stallone. It's just out now on Netflix, Sylvester Stallone. And I Did was shocked.
1: What do you call the documentary?
0: It's Sylvester Stallone, like the Rocky star. Oh, Sil- Sylvester Stallone.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: And and I was a little bit surprised that the documentary was really hitting on exactly that point that you were to- you are talking about right now, which is he never felt he's good enough for his father, you know, and his father was very abusive in a way. And then at one point, he talked about like even later in his career, after doing Rocky and Rambo, and and he was doing like successful movies. Uh, he was still feeling empty, and 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 he went and he did this. Uh, I don't know what's called the Expendable or like this kind of like all the yeah, action yeah, yeah. heroes in one movie. Yeah. And and he was saying in the documentary that I. I think I was doing it to get approval again and 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 you oh, might yeah. say that well you are you are grown up enough to be over this but in a way I'm not and I was like wow but my question to you is this so as leaders and also as as just individuals when we if we because some people have this fear that if I take care of that need inside me and I feel I'm good enough already <laughs> Maybe I will not seek to do things or, or to achieve big things or to, to go and, and create or build. From your experience and observation, do you think that this is true or actually not at all true? That if they, if they feel they are good enough, they would still maybe do some great things.
1: I haven't, I haven't met anyone behaving like that. Mm. I mean, recently, a month ago, I told you that uh, in our discussion this morning. I said, I remember coaching a guy who, who was promoted. Uh, really, a general manager of the cluster, the business unit, and so forth. And um, they called me for coaching him because he had a lot of problems: people management problem, conflict management, uh, his people inside the organization. Who do, who does he think he is? They thought he was arrogant. He was bold on people, you know, bossy, etc., etc. Which is, as we know. Um, an expression of a certain stress, because the person is not like that, let's say, in an ad- adapted style in his daily life. But once he's stressed by whatever stresses him. in, uh, suddenly the natural comes there and he's fighting and he's showing that. And um, coaching the guy at the time when we finished the coaching, he said to me, um, I say this with a lot of humility, okay? I don't seek recognition for that or whatever. I stay modest, but it really strikes me. It's something, it's one of the big lessons. The guy says, thank you. Now, I have changed my mission. My life and professional mission. Because at the beginning, his mission was to be performant. His mission was to, to succeed, to prove that he's good to prove whatever so he could climb the stairs and become the CEO and da, 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 da. all the strategy of ambition and so forth was there. And that, once the coaching was ending, what came out of this, he realized that his job now is really about making people around him successful. It's no longer about him, it's about others. And that made him realize all this change and what I love about this experience is that the guy came up with one understanding, one expression of that. I've changed my mission. My mission is no longer about being performant, being, achieving result and figures and KPIs and whatever thing. My mission is to help people to grow, is to help people to succeed, is to be able to translate the strategy into goals, into action plans, and see if they've got the competence, help them reach a competence, help them, encourage them doing that. And I said, wow, okay. Uh, that was not what I was seeking as a coach, but that's where I need to get out of my way in a certain sense and let let the guy flourish, let the guy blossom because he, he wow, extraordinary. Extraordinary but, thing.
0: But the, the, the irony here is that now that he changed his mission, it will actually come back to him and it will actually help him to move up in the organization, right? that's,
1: that's, where, that's where he will be more peaceful, more detached, more yeah. quiet, more yeah. strategic. And then he will be called to other responsibility because he is at another level. Mm. And there's one, big, there's one big thing that I've learned um, oh, many years ago in coaching. I call it the algebra of life. Mm. Did I talk to you about the algebra of life? I don't, don't think that so, no. didn't strike you. Well, the, you know algebra, okay? Yeah. You know about uh, multiplying negative figures with positive figures and so forth, right? If I say to you uh, plus by minus equal...
0: Plus by minus, yeah, minus, yeah.
1: Right. Minus by plus equal? Minus. Okay, plus by plus equal? Plus. Okay, minus by minus equal? Plus. Right, now you take a piece of paper, you draw three columns, vertical columns. One is the mental, your thought, your thinking. The other is your emotion. The other column is the emotion. And the third column, Is the results so if your mental is i'm going to do it i'm going to be this i'm going to achieve that that's it oh you do the plan you do the kpis etc whatever all the mental all the Mm -hmm. computer head is organized well but inside i'm fear i lack self-confidence i like okay well i can tell you already the result it'll be minus same thing if you feel empowered you feel great etc but you don't turn your vision into a plan a structure calculate kpis and so forth the result is going to be the same minus now of course we all understand what plus by plus is in that sense and where people like to hit me with is ah, 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 come on what is minus by minus because what do you mean by that well it's very simple If you don't do anything, if you don't believe in yourself, you destroy yourself, you think you're worthless, you think you can't do it, you'll get what you want. You'll destroy yourself. You'll kill yourself. So you achieve your result. You achieve what you want. You'll create your reality. (laughs) So balance, action, mental, thinking, and emotion. When I'm doing coaching with people, The first steps, I mean, it's not like structured because coaching is really more an art than a procedure or process. It's not an instrument. It's really about reflecting the feelings of the situation there. Actually, my coaching. I'm not saying the coaching. And the first step is really to make the people understand that to make him realize to go back into feelings. Because most of people are cut from their emotions.
0: Why? Why is it so? Why is it so?
1: Oh, whatever story, because as you're a kid, to survive, you've got to cut yourself because it's too hard. And everybody's got their life lessons. Everybody's got the parents that they deserve for the lesson they came to learn on life. And every parent's got the kids that they deserve to learn what they still have to learn in life right
0: so if yeah. you believe
1: you're going to educate your kids you're wrong they're going to ed- educate you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the run but okay it's an exchange
0: yeah but on the, on this and then uh, talking about like emotions and all this and mm-hmm. you, the you, you coaching executives i mean where is self-awareness because i mean there is one framework that you use and i use in my work uh, which is the disc which kind of uh, gives you a little bit indication about where someone is, Uh, like at least in terms of their strengths, uh, in terms of behavior tendencies, where some people are more expressive, other people are more uh, inward or reflective uh, or cautious, right? And some people are more like people-oriented, some people are more action and And, tasks-oriented. And, you know, like a lot of leaders... They move up because they've been successful because of certain environment where their behavior tendencies was was flourishing there, but then they move to another like position which required different different kind of uh, um, uh, behaviors or or, or qualities uh, and or personalities and they struggle there. I mean, I give you one example. Uh, there was one senior leader that i i had a kind of i was working closely with and he was a cfo and he was a very very successful cfo and then he became a ceo uh, but he became a ceo of an organization which has around like 14 different country organizations and and it required like turning turning around all this which required like every day to take very kind of challenging decisions based on limited number of or limited amount of information and he was stressed all the time like every day he was stressed every day he was out of comfort zone I mean we talk about comfort zone and we say comfort zone is is something great but actually if you are every single day out of your comfort zone then it's a nightmare in a way (laughs) so in that case he was a CFO who was like very critical and he needs to kind of Take logic decisions uh, most of the time. He was he was forced to do the, exactly the opposite, which is you know take tough decisions and go on with it. And I remember at one point he changed his position and he became he returned to the CFO position. And he came to me like one day and and he told me before it was announced officially. And he said, "I just want to tell you that I changed my role and and Fuad, look for the last." you know, a couple of years, you know, I I was feeling completely stressed and exhausted and drained every single day. I didn't have a day, like, you know, which was normal. But but
1: what's the question?
0: So the question is, do you think that leaders or senior leaders that you worked with, for example, or in general, are they self-aware? Do they understand that, look... What made me successful here might not make me successful here do because sometimes success breeds like maybe arrogance and, 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 and we are blind that the, the reason why we were successful here it will, is, it will not help us become successful here
1: well I've got uh, I've got several points there to, to pinpoint to, to answer this um, one of my some one of my assumptions about that is that a leader for all season doesn't exist. If you look at the cycles of companies, as we said earlier at the beginning of a discussion, seasons.
0: Yeah, seasons. There are
1: seasons. Planting, growing, cutting, reorganizing, reducing, innovation, whatever. Uh, so leaders for all season does not exist. And that's, that's for me, what I found out as being a big problem. The guy's a CEO, the season is changing, and they want the same guy to continue, or he believes that he can continue that, but he can't. So what is the answer? Either the person is gifted and can be flexible, that and understand how he works, understand what is his strength and where are his weaknesses or need for attention, let's say. Look, have him look at his beliefs, which is very important because this is where he's going to put his focus and the way to react. But one of the big things is to make him understand or to, to make him come to the point that who does he surround himself with?
0: Mm, exactly this one.
1: Who did he surround himself with and why? And does he have always to be the center of attention and the center of the world and the, the most intelligent and so forth? No. Let's let's him let's make him understand it's time for modesty, it's time to put others in front, it's time to develop other people's talent. And to be able to support with what is gifted, to give those people the support so they can succeed, whatever turnaround, whatever situation. Because somebody who is creative at innovation and creation and entrepreneurship is not the same that can do a turnaround uh, and be very focused uh, on certain structures, very figures, and so forth. You, you mentioned your your financial guy there, um, right? Uh, who would he surround himself, with and why? And what what contract? What contract does he make with that person, saying, "Hey, okay, I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. You're good mm. at that. You're not good at that. So why exactly. don't we make a team together? Exactly. Why don't we work together?" Why do exactly. You know, I remember when I was in executive search, that was, oh, sorry, it's not like yesterday. It was in the late 70s. Uh, I remember a company called Siemens, the German Siemens company. At that time, I don't know if it's still the case today because I didn't follow that. But at that time, at the head of business units, at the head of departments, the so, there was always two heads. One was the financial guy and one was the commercial guy. And they could not take a decision unless the two agreed. Mm. Well, you know, if we talk about the language of the disk, we would say one red-yellow would have to combine with uh, one uh, blue-green, whatever, okay? But, and I have the case here for the moment, actually, with one client. The, The thing is, do the best that you can do with who you are and see how you can surround yourself. What is the cycle of the company? What does a company need as competence? Where are? How can you bring value being yourself in there? You're in charge, okay, so you're gonna be measured as the performance, but you're not in charge of everything. Put other people in charge.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So it's... it's uh, uh, you. One thing I wanted to say, it's like, It's not about leadership. It's not about being a leader, being this or being that. It's all about learning who you are. It's all about growing from your heart and who you are and trusting yourself and and develop yourself because that's what life is about. You're going to be facing in your private life or professional, whatever, certain, the mirrors of who you are and just learn from your mirrors. If you don't like something, Tibetan used to say, and they say, that like, if I don't like something in someone, it's probably something that I have in myself also that I'm not able to see. Mm-hmm. If I appreciate something in someone, it's probably something that I have also inside that I have not yet developed. So take the world, the external world, as a potential mirror mm-hmm. of your growth and the growth, when you're in peace, when you are in self-esteem, when you feel good with yourself, because whatever people are running after, what is, what is self-confidence? Can you tell me what self-confidence is?
0: It's um, knowing that you are capable of dealing with the challenges that come your way or like whatever you want to work on, yeah. Okay. Okay,
1: you're in your the head.
0: Tell me your defin- <laughs> definition. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, well, it's a feeling, of course. It's a feeling in the heart. Nothing uh, else. Feeling,
1: it's a feeling, feeling
0: of certainty. Yeah, yeah. It's sure.
1: nothing else. It's a feeling. Self-confidence uh, is a feeling. Yeah. Self-esteem is a feeling. Significance is a feeling. Success is a feeling. You know, and people are running after feelings. Mm -hmm. And the world is so that today, nowadays people are trying to get outside manifestation of things that are going to bring them a feeling inside. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. You're trying to to fill from outside what's missing inside. So if you seek self-confidence... Go back into your emotion. Go back into feeling. Restart feeling. Self-esteem, self-confidence is an emotion. It's a feeling. It's a state. Find a way to reconnect with your sensitivity. Go back in your childhood. Go back wherever. Just imagine a time where feeling was important. Connect there. Taste physically, intelligently, smartly. Taste the feeling of, how does it feel if I feel... Confidence, self confidence, esteem. Wow. Oh, so that, that's what it feels. Okay. Well, then repetition is the mother of skills. Go practice. You go to the gym, right? Go into the emotional gym. Practice self esteem, practice self, the feeling of. And the day you've practiced that, the day you've reprogrammed that, instead of having programmed the lack of esteem or confidence or whatever, which is what you programmed since so many years. Go back, feel, re-esteem. And then when you're full of that, who cares what's going to happen outside? You don't depend on external factors. You can then take decision, hard decision, plan things, go, change, transform, whatever. You're not affecting your state. You're not affecting your emotions.
0: Mm. That's and great...
1: you are going to attract. You are going to manifest. You are going to find yourself surrounded with the same energy, which is manifested in situation, ideas, uh, intuitions, people, events, whatever, God name it. It's all the form that those feelings take, but it all starts from inside out. And you are alone inside, alone. Put yourself first, take care of yourself first because you can be well with others. You can do whatever you want if you're in peace with yourself. If you're lacking something, you're going to use others to fill that. And that's mm. where you're trapped.
0: Maurice, uh, this is, has been amazing. Uh, like always, um, your your insights, your reflections are deep and uh, very powerful and very helpful. So uh, I I learned a lot from you and... Uh, I'm sure that the listeners will be getting a lot of insight from this conversation. Thank you so much for being my guest today.
1: Thanks to you and enjoy the rest. Continue creating what you're doing. I think it's absolutely great. You did a Thanks. magnificent shift. You did a magnificent quantum leap in your life and continue.
0: Well, I had, a, I had great teachers like you on the way who helped me a lot. So thank you. And
1: myself, I had great teachers and I still have great teachers. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm still in the journey until my yeah. last breath.
0: Yeah. And uh, to all the, thank you. And to all the listeners, uh, stay inspired and make the biggest impact you could make, not only within your area of respons- responsibility, but beyond it. Bye. Bye.